Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey folks, Zach Austin here, Iowa Insider, Indianapolis Star. He is Dustin DePeric, Iowa Insider, Bloomington Terrell Times. He is Tyler Jackman. We, you don't have a, a title. We'll, we'll find one. It's time um, to introduce him to yeah, the we'll, people of the podcast. We'll see if the Cardinals win tonight. Um, it's uh, f- about five, a little after 5 o'clock on October 8th we're talking about. This is this is this new, I guess we're calling it postcast, rapid reaction, mind mm. your banners. Uh, Where you don't have to look Michigan at Michigan 31, Indiana 10. Um, Dustin... It, you know, I don't want to deal in absolutes. Uh, there's, you know, that's why social media exists. Um, but this feels a bit like a breaking point for IU's offensive line, and just mm-hmm. just, just the broader idea, basically, of blocking as a means of executing offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan held Indiana to negative twelve yards in the fourth quarter of this game. Indiana mm. is actually in the red in the last two fourth quarters. It's amazing. Michigan uh, sacked Connor Bays like seven times. And you could live with some of this stuff if it was just like, well, Michigan's awfully good. Right. But Nebraska did it to you if you're Indiana. Um, mm. Three sacks in that game. Five sacks and 12 quarterback hurries at mm. Cincinnati. Seven fourth quarter points in the last three weeks. Yeah. And then, of course, we can get into the, the, the actual sort of efficiency and performance of the offense. Something drastic needs to change, or this is going to derail what hope Indiana has for getting, getting what it wants to out of this season. You know, it's already derailed a lot. I mean, it, they're 3-3 they're, they're three and three at this point, and they've got, a, they've got several virtually unwinnable games left in the schedule, at least two, uh, maybe more. Um, and but especially they're going to play this way. I mean, if if they can get beat by Nebraska, um, and they get eviscerated like this, and they can't block anybody, I mean, you know, does does that mean you're going to beat Maryland or Rutgers? Probably not. Um, probably doesn't mean you can beat Michigan State, Michigan State, or Purdue either. Um, so as it stands, it's it's pretty well derailed. I mean, it's, it's something's going to have to happen to get it back on the rails. I don't know what that is. That being said, I mean, obviously, I asked. Um, you know, everybody's been talking about. You know, is is he going to keep Darren Hiller, and if so, for how long and when? Um, so. You know, basically, I asked Tom Allen to sort of harkened back to something he said when we met with him in May. Um, you know, he, he said basically that he'd had some conversations and felt like he got a response out of sort of what he demanded in terms of change, change of play. I asked him if he still felt that way, and he said not this week. Did he say that not the last three he weeks? He said not the last three weeks, not, not this, this week. week. Yeah, and so I think – and he did, dismissed that pretty fast, didn't want to go any further, and seemed – yeah, thoroughly bothered by what he had seen. And he had pro- pro- brought up blocking before. Um, so, yeah, I, I think – at this point, you can very much say that he's seeing what you're seeing. I mean, obviously, there's more that goes into keeping somebody employed um, and figuring out, you know, if, if you make a change, you have to figure out somebody who has to coach the offensive line the next day. Like, you, you, you can't, you know, someone's got to be there. Um, you know, you can't do a full national coaching search, national offensive line coaching search in the middle of October. Um, but he's mad. Clearly, he is not happy about this, and he can see that this is going sideways and that it's not getting better. And so the bottom line is he's very much noticed. He is annoyed, and I, and, and I would not be surprised if he makes a change if he can. Tyler, um, just to kind of give some of these stats, Indiana averaged less than a yard per rush today. Um, Indiana was minus 61 in sack yards 
compared to Michigan. They were minus 52 in tackles for loss. Michigan was only credited with four quarterback hurries, which seemed criminally generous, I think is the word I used in my insider, or the term I used. That's two words, to be fair. Um, I thought the most damning thing about Indiana's offense, um, frankly, though, was, was unquantifiable, was Connor Bazelak's body language in the second half. The number of times that he just kind of gave up on a play within, I mean, and, and, and when I say this, this isn't hyperbole. Most plays from a quarterback's perspective happen within about four seconds, good or bad. After about four seconds, the quarterback should be, should not be involved in the play anymore. A lot of the time, the number of times it took him what felt like less than two seconds to give up on a play, break a pocket, throw the ball away, you know, just, just, not keep his eyes downfield clearly, just start dancing around trying to avoid pressure against four-man rushes, five-man rushes. That, to me, was, you know, when when you've got a quarterback that is supposedly, by all accounts, incredibly difficult to rattle. That's what his teammates say about him. They, they call him unfazed bays. He spent that whole second half looking just like he had no faith in his offense's ability to block. That is as, as damning of an indictment, I think, as anything you're going to read in a box score. The, the thing, the point I made, I guess, is that um, there, there were too many times where it just felt like Connor Bays, like had no time to make a decision. Um, and basically, there was just a handful of plays where Indiana couldn't gain meaningful yards, whether they were getting negative yards, whether they weren't getting any yards. And the thing is, Indiana's offense isn't good enough to make up for when you have multiple plays that you're not getting anything. They just they don't have the explosiveness. Um, DJ Matthews out again today. Um, Cam Camper really wasn't that effective. Um, but they just don't have the firepower. They don't have the offensive line to be able to to make up for when you have multiple plays that are pretty much just thrown in the trash because they're not getting any yardage and. The thing that was, I guess, that is continuing to be concerning for me is that it feel, this feels a lot like last season in that things are just kind of spiraling and there's not really much indication that things are getting better. You know, it felt like the th- first three games of this season, there were a lot of flaws for, that Indian had, but they made plays to win, you know, specifically in Western Kentucky and um, – uh, Illinois, they made plays down the stretch that they didn't make pretty much all of last season. But now it feels like it's getting to the point where, you know, things are spiraling. And is is something going to stop that this season is my question. I feel like Maryland is the biggest opportunity next week to do that. Can, can they reset themselves and not let themselves fall into the same kind of cycle that they did last season? Um, and, you know, Indiana, it was tied 10-10 to 10 at halftime. Like, they were in a position to win a game. And if you look back to last season, this was similar to the Cincinnati game. It was similar to the Michigan State game where they were in games and they just they couldn't make the plays. They couldn't execute. They couldn't, um, in Mike Woodson terms, get over the hump. Um, and so, you know, it, it feels to me a lot like things are kind of spiraling like last season. I think one area, Dustin, where it, it, it doesn't, feel that way and I don't totally disagree with Tyler but I think one area where it doesn't is this defense is still performing at a level and today was a day where it it looked for all the world like 
some things were going to cave a little bit. Cam mm-hmm. Jones was out. Jalen Williams was out. Jones's foot injury is apparently a long term thing. I mean, what mm-hmm. I what I've been told is weeks. Yeah. Um, on the sideline, and there that, that's how that Alan talked about it. Left mm-hmm. in the season, nope. like there's what seven weeks left in the season. So weeks plural is not ideal yeah. for a guy who may have been the best individual linebacker in the Big Ten through the first five weeks of the season, mm-hmm. and yet. Indiana was really good defensively for long stretches in this game and basically only broke when Michigan, you know, finally was just it was just three and out Michigan has the ball, three and out Michigan has the ball. Right. They own the line of scrimmage against a mm-hmm. physical football team, a football yes. team that's run all over some some pretty good defenses mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks. Um they owned the line of scrimmage in the first half. Bradley Jennings had 13 tackles including one for loss. Mons- I thought this was Devon Matthews best game of the season. Uh Desan McCullough made some plays again today. There was not just not just that, that they kind of held on. It's that absent that one fifty-yard Blake Corum run on mm-hmm. Michigan's first drive, it felt like Indiana was the more physical team for close to three quarters today. Yeah, when Indiana was on defense yes. and Michigan was on offense, and that is the sort of thing. And listen, you know, bad teams playing consistently, they play up to good competition, down to bad competition. We'll see what Indiana can take out of this when they play Maryland and Rutgers in the next two weeks. That is the kind of thing, though, that will play against bad teams. If you right. can control the line of scrimmage that way, you can be better. But if you can't score, right, it will not matter. Yeah, no, this goes back to I think what I said last week. This defense is good enough to win games for a good offense, but it's not good enough to carry not a bad even, one. I wouldn't even say a good offense. Decent I, like, offense. I would just say, yeah, like a functional I mean, offense. Yeah, I mean like – An offense that could be counted on to score 24 to 28 points a game. Right. Uh, that's not prolific. This could that's give not an average. This could give an average offense a crack at it. This could give. This could win games for a good offense, um, but for a bad offense, it's not good enough. I mean, it, it is not one of those defenses that is going to just swallow teams up and 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 you can win seventeen to ten. They're not that good. Um, they're good enough to keep you in a game, and you know, like they're good enough to not get run over all day. But if you're not, you know, if, if you still got the 10 points on the board in the third quarter and you think you're going to win a football game, you're not. You know, they, they are going to sort of break eventually um, so that you're giving up 24-31. Like I mean, they you haven't scored a second-half point in the last right, exactly. two weeks. So, so they, they don't have – they're not that good defensively to be able to save you if that's what you're going to do. The offense has, what, three touchdowns in the last two weeks? About that. Yeah, they had two in yeah. Nebraska, and then obviously there was – I think a defensive touchdown. Today. Yeah, in, in and there Nebraska. was a defensive touchdown. Basically, it was a sack, fumble, recovery in the end zone. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean they're they're just not producing much, and it's there's, you know, it's 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 that's three drives, and and basically like two of them packed right together uh, against Nebraska. Um, so no, I mean they're they're not, you know, and then then you know they they had I guess a couple drives at Cincinnati. I mean like every once in a while they put together a, a good drive, but there's just not enough. And you know again the defense. I mean, I don't think it will unravel in the same way that it did last year because I don't think the offense will, like, unless important and more important people, even than we've seen so far, get hurt. Um, you know, if for for as much as there is entirely fair criticism of Connor Bazelak right now, that's Connor Bazelak. There's nothing existential the about. There's nothing so existential about the you know failure this year as there was last year, where last year it was there were such great expectations and it turned out so terribly right, like if this exactly. if this team finishes 4 and 8 right it will be about what a lot of people expected of this team right whereas last year i think everyone broadly admitted through the offseason that part mm-hmm. of what happened last season was right. everybody sort of gave up yeah because you, the disappointment was so deep there was that but you also got to the point that you were playing a true freshman at quarterback who had not been there for the spring sure. and didn't know what he was doing yet he was a hell of an athlete but did did not 
have a sense of how to play quarterback and your other option was a walk-on. They're not going to be in that situation. Even if Connor Bazelak gets hurt, you still have Tuttle. And even if Tuttle gets hurt, you still have Dexter Williams, who's at least been around long enough um, that you could put him in and play quarterback and him be functional. So that they, they have the ability to withstand injury at quarterback in a way they didn't last year. And if you can withstand injury at quarterback, that you could at least throw a functional offense out there, whereas last year they could not. Um, so they're not going to be that hapless. Um, unless literally they blow up the entire quarterback room somehow. Um, but all the same, you know, th- they can still be bad and they can still lose a lot of games and they can still, you know, like they're not, they might not have a much better record even if the games are at least somewhat more competitive. Um, but no, it's, it's yeah, it, 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 you know, so, so there are some backstops to keep it from being as bad as it was last year, but that that ultimately only matters so much it's like okay like maybe you know if, if you're three and nine and you're a slightly more competitive watchable three and nine does anyone care um if you're four and eight and a slightly more competitive watchable four and eight does anyone care no ultimately um because we want people to keep reading uh what yes, we, we write and and yeah. listening to what we say and watching what we say about Thankfully, this team. we still cover a basketball um, team so i guess you guys do that tyler i think yeah. the just to kind of put a, a point on it it does feel like the next two weeks pretty much kind of determine it. And, and, and I mean, I won't go quite so far as to say Indiana's got to go 2-0. and And I, in general, I sort of would bang the drum for the idea that 5-7 and seven and a win over Purdue should sort of be seen as a successful season after last year. I understand why people will disagree with me. But one way or another, if you can't find something, you know, if, if you can't find an, uh, an, you know, an Alamo from which to – to to make your stand and obviously we all know what happened at the Alamos and maybe that's not a great comparison but if if you can't rally something together against Maryland and or Rutgers what's coming in November is going to be way beyond you and so whatever happens and you know listen I mean D- Dustin's point you know it's very easy to start you know, shouting about fire this person bench this person whatever well somebody's got to replace them <laughs> you know and, and um, that that you're not always guaranteed to get better from the guy that for whatever reason wasn't already doing the job. Um, whatever Indiana tries, it's got to work in the next 14 days or whether it's a spiral like last season, whether they keep fighting in a way that maybe they didn't last season, whatever the results on the field certainly aren't going to reflect anything other than another season that just ends pretty disappointingly. This is kind of going even more bigger picture than that, but you know, let's say Indiana doesn't win a game the rest of the season they win one game the rest of the season I feel like you're really at risk of losing even more of fan interest than than you maybe already have you know I feel like there would be even more questions about the the trajectory of the program I feel like you know obviously going into last season the expectations were insanely high to where you know it seemed like there was an expectation to try to compete for a Big Ten title but I, I feel like the state of the Indiana football program right now, people would be satisfied with an, uh, you know, with with going to a bowl game at, at this point. And if you fall far short of that, it feels like all that momentum that that you built in 2020 is almost gone. Like it's it's almost an afterthought at this point when there's just so little to hang your hat on. And, and another reason, I mean, I would say is that. The, the brand of football, I feel like that Indiana is playing, the games they're playing are just, it's not overly exciting. You know, it's not like, you know, I, I know people aren't going to want to lose either way, but it's not like Indiana is getting in, 
you know, putting up crazy offensive numbers and, you know, it, these, that, that, these are really, really interesting games. It, to me, it's just the, the way that Indiana is playing overall, you know, I, it, it's hard to continue, I guess, to attract fans, to continue to attract interest in the fan base if you're losing and you're not doing it in an appealing way. I guess I would almost compare it to, like, a Virginia basketball if – if you're not winning, um, to me the style of play just it, the the way that Indiana is going about playing just isn't that interesting. We'll leave it there for now. Um, we'll be back either Sunday or Monday to kind of put a point on this and, and look forward to Maryland or uh, put a, a period at the end of the sentence. I think is what I was trying to say there and, and look forward to Maryland and start talking more. Dustin and I had if you haven't already listened to it. Uh, sort of a post Hoosier hysteria podcast late Friday night. That's so much more entertaining than this. It, it is, it is, and and we will we will you know fold more basketball in as we go on. But for Tyler Tackman, for Dustin DeBarrick, I'm Zach Osterman. This has been Mind Your Banners. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.